1: It's time for a new episode of TMG. Hi, everybody. Welcome to TMG. I'm your host, Travis Patton, Sr. I enjoy discovering and sharing real life moments of inspiration from everyday people. And this show is about finding moments of inspiration for our everyday lives. And look, and if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of TMG. That's Tell Me Something Good. I'm your host, Travis Patton, Sr. Hey, guys, listen, it's an exciting time, and I'm so glad to be here today, guys. Real quick, as always, don't forget to visit our YouTube page that's us tell something to get with tap of tea. There it is right there on your screen. And as always, before we get started and jump into this real good, I'm going to give a huge shout out to my biggest supporter, my biggest fan, my loving wife, Nicole. Hey, girl, how you doing? I know you're watching. I know you're listening. Listen, guys, uh, in a very short time, this show, Really taken off, yeah, and it's being heard in places all around the globe. Yeah, that's why uh got places like Egypt, uh, Thailand, Switzerland, just to name a few. And I'm so glad that right here in the United States it's taken off as well. And you are joining in, you're tuning in, and you're listening. I'm so glad that you are. Uh, maybe you said, Travis, man, I've been listening to you since day one, since the show has uh, aired. Let me tell you, if you have, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. And maybe, just maybe, this happens to be your very first time tuning in to the show. Your very first time listening. Uh, And, and maybe somebody told you about the show, or maybe somehow you stumbled upon it by accident doesn't matter matter how you found the show i'm glad you're taking the time to join in the show tonight i'm super excited to be here at tonight's nice episode i'm really glad to share with you guys uh before we get started i gotta jump in and say this um everybody knows that listen to this show now everybody knows that this show is all about finding moments of inspiration, uh, with everyday people like you and and like me, right? So, that being said, if you have an inspiring story that you would like to share with us, and maybe become a guest on the show, uh, guys, shoot us an email. The email address is right there on your screen. It's tell me something twenty one at gmail. Com. And if you're going back and listening to this and not watching the live video, uh, that email address for you is T-E-L-L, me something 21 at gmail.com. Guys, uh, what I want to do right now, because uh, I'm excited about the tonight's nice episode part two, uh, Collateral Damage. Uh, but, guys, before we dive into that, uh, what I do want to do is just want to take care of some business first, guys. Uh, uh, after a quick word from our affiliate sponsors, guys, I will be right back. Don't go nowhere. Stay tuned. Sit right there in your seat. Put your seat belt on because this is going to be a good ride. Walmart is a proud associate sponsor of TMG Tell Me Something Good podcast. Please use the special link in the chat to visit our sponsor today. Remember, I may earn a commission when you buy through this link. Fanatics.com is the place for your officially licensed sports gear from your favorite sports and sports team. Click the link in the chat to get started. Remember, I may earn a commission when you buy through this link. There you go, guys. A message from our, from our affiliate sponsors, Walmart and Fanatics.com. Guys, if you check the chat, it's already in there. Just click on the link, guys. That's all I want you to do. And do what you normally do. Shop, shop, shop. Just keep in mind, guys, I may earn a commission when you buy through the link that's in the chat. Guys, tonight's episode is part two. Uh collateral damage. Uh, if you did not get a chance to catch. Uh, part one, uh, it will be available uh, for download on all of your streaming platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, and so many more. Thank you, everybody. Come on in. Join in. Uh, it's an exciting time. Guys, last week's episode, Collateral Damage, we had some really good times and we talked about some really good points that we brought out. And I know and I knew it was just so much that we could not share it all at one time. Uh, So what I'm going to do, guys, to get started, what I'm going to do to get started is I'm going to share a very quick story. Now, I'm going to share this story, but I want you to hold on to it until the end of the show, right? So. let me just kind of share this story with you real quick, guys. Um, so um, the story kind of goes like this. Um, this In this episode, it's going to be very short. won't, won't be long, okay? Um, so this individual was traveling, right? They were traveling by airplane. Uh, and when they landed at their destination, uh, they went and got their luggage from the luggage claim. Nobody got their luggage. Uh, and now this person was kind of busy. So they got their luggage. They're kind of busy kind of going back and forth doing things when they landed in a destination so no nothing real specific or special about them so they were kind of busy they never got a chance to unpack their luggage right and, and their luggage was there was nothing special about the luggage it was just regular luggage full of stuff so they uh had never got a chance to unpack their luggage when they made it to their hotel now the luggage like i said there was no different anything about it nothing special there was nothing really special about it, but but it was kind of heavy. Uh, and they carried that luggage and pulled that luggage around with them uh, and wherever they went. So they carried it with them there. So but it was kind of heavy and they carried that luggage all the way out of the airport and they crammed it into the taxi cab and to their hotel room. Now, hours later, The individual lifted the luggage and placed it on the bed. And they opened it up. And when they opened it up, they didn't recognize any of the content that they had been carrying around and caring for. And they realized that they had been carrying around and caring for the wrong luggage. So keep that story. In mind, guys, last week we were talking about collateral damage. And this week we're going to do part two. And we talked about a great deal of things last week. Uh, Collateral damage, most often, collateral damage, uh, oftentimes, it has to do with damage and injury that occurs when we are not at fault. Right? It occurs when we are not at fault. And as a a basis or a jumping point, we were uh, showing how the tragedy that took place during the earthquake in the nation of Turkey earlier this year is kind of a representation of what has generally been playing out or impacting many of us. Many of us uh, just had some things to shake us up. Yeah, I, I mean. I mean, we were talking and kind of using that earthquake as a jumping point uh, for what has kind of occurred with a lot of us that it kind of shook up the nation of Turkey and shook up the people. And have you ever had, and this may be an obvious question, but have you ever had something to come in your life and shake you up? Kind of felt like an earthquake. Uh, This came out of nowhere. You were uh, you were unexpected. Didn't know it was coming. You didn't see it happening. It just came out of nowhere, and it just kind of shook us up. Have you ever had anything to just shake you up? If you have, somebody type it in chat and say "me too," "me too." Now you may have be over that. You may have gotten past it. But have you ever had something to come up and just shake you? up yeah when when we're talking about the earthquake and we talk about the survivors right one of the things that we pointed out one of the things that we kind of highlighted one of the things we discussed uh before is how when the news you know the news broadcasts there all the major news networks were there and they were trying to speak with the survivors and they were trying to talk with the survivors they're trying to interview the survivors and trying to get a, an understanding of how the survivors might be feeling after this shake-up, how the survivors, how they may be feeling mentally and emotionally after such a shake-up, and they were trying to interview them and trying to see what was going on through their mind during the shake-up. And sometimes, isn't that how it is when whenever you're dealing with something that kind of shook us up? It seems like people always have the most questions when you have this shakeup. And, and then really what they're doing is interviewing you, trying to see where your mind is during this shakeup. So one of the things that we pointed out and one of the things that we talked about during this time is that we discussed before how when the news uh, reporters were, began to show the footage, and the images of the from the survivor of the survivors from this terrible earthquake that shook the nation of turkey earlier we mentioned and talked about the appearance that the reporters found the people in we talked about how the reporters what appearance they were in and we talked about what appearance they were found in while they were talking to them. And, and it's amazing when the people when we meet people, what we have to understand is when we meet them, we're meeting them usually either before a shakeup or after a shakeup. Yeah, let, let, let me say that again. When we meet people, we can't really go off our appearance of them. Because you don't know, you might be meeting them after a shakeup. And, and some of the things they say may not make a whole lot of sense. Some of the things they do may not make a lot of sense to us because chances are we might just be meeting them after a shakeup. And so the reporters trying to gather the people together and try to figure out and find out where they were mentally after this shakeup, and that's how it is when we meet people we can't always count on that first impression and i get it i get it we may not get a second chance at a first impression but Have we ever considered that the person we're meeting is we're meeting them after a shakeup? How would that mess up our perception of somebody if we knew that when we met them and it sounded like they was talking babble, it sounded like they was making no sense? But if we realize that we're meeting them after. A shake up. So so we were talking about, we were talking about their appearance, and we were talking about how their hair was all over their faces, and their clothes were maybe ripped and torn. And many of them, and many were screaming and yelling at the top of their voices in pain. And agony, and terror, and it seemed like hope was dwindling. I mean, think about this: they're trapped. Some of them were trapped under parts of buildings, and trapped in the trees, and trapped in the holes. And they didn't wake up that morning knowing that part of the building that they probably were sleeping in would fall on them, or the building that they have passed by so many times had fallen on them. And so some of them were trapped. And there they were, trapped, and they were yelling and screaming in agony. And they were screaming in, in pain. And their whole day had been shook. And they were there now lying either on their back or on their faces. And they were there screaming in pain and yelling and agony. And hope just looked like it was dwindling for some because some were trapped more than others. So it seemed like hope was dwindling for some. And as they lay there, trapped, under buildings, trapped under concrete, trapped under trees and holes. They lay there, seemed like their hope may be dwindling and they were yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs as loudly as they could, but as they lay there screaming and yelling at the top of their voices, some of them found that their voices had begun to fade. Yeah, they began to scream and yell, and their voices fading. And if you've ever, let me ask you this, and if you've ever felt like your voice was being taken away, have you ever? been in a situation where you felt like your voice was being taken away from something by something that you had no control over? Your voice was being taken away, and you had no say so over it. Have you ever been in a situation, have you ever felt like your voice was being taken away Or you were about to lose your voice. Yeah, now that is terrifying where you have no voice, where your voice seems to be taken away. When you needed the most, their voice was fading. When they needed the most to get help, their voices seemed to be fading. And if you ever Felt like your voice was being taken away, or where you are about to lose your voice, that's terrifying. Yeah, that can be terrifying. Have you ever been in an environment where you felt that you had no voice or your voice didn't matter very much? Yeah. Have you ever? been in any type of environment where you felt like your voice just didn't matter, or you felt like your voice just didn't matter very much at all. Have you ever had a situation, been in an environment where it just seemed like nothing you said mattered? That is terrifying. It can be frustrating. The more you scream out, the more you try to talk, the more your voice seems to fade. And to some of these people, that's how it was. They were trapped under concrete in holes, under buried under trees and rubble. And the more they seemed to yell, the more their voice seemed to be fading. So have you ever been in an environment? Where it seemed like your voice just didn't matter very much. Many, I will say this, many, many environments a lot of us grew up in, we felt like our voices didn't matter very much. A lot, a lot of the environments many of us are facing, we feel like our voices are fading our our voices we're, we're talking we're saying but it doesn't seem to register it seems like our voices are just fading many of the environments a lot of us are in right now it just seems that our voices seem to be just fading and if you've ever felt as if your voice didn't matter or felt like your voice is fading out this yeah this is real terror when you're in a situation where no matter what you say your voice is drowned out your voice you have no say so that that's real terror when it seems like your voice is fading when it seems like you have no say so in a matter. Have you ever felt as if your voice didn't matter or felt like your voice was fading out? Because if we get trapped, this is why I say it's real terror. Think about this. If we get trapped, but can be heard, our chances of survival will increase. But when we are trapped and we have no voice, our chances of survival begin to fall. And there are people now who are trapped without a sound. Yeah, yeah, you're trapped without a sound. You're trapped and you got no say-so about the matter. That you're trapped without a sound. But when we are trapped, And we have our voice, our chances of survival increase. Listen, those who are trapped without a sound, they are emotionally trapped, but without a sound. Physically trapped because of some illness, but without a sound. So here it is, here it is. This earthquake has happened, it has shaken up their lives, and some have found themselves trapped without a sound have you ever been in a situation where you felt trapped but without a sound There's some people who are in relationships who feel trapped and they have no sound they have no voice they have no way to cry out for help and everything they do at this point so they found themselves under some rubble some concrete under a tree stuck in a hole and their voices were fading and they were trapped without a sound and everything they did after that is was just so they could be heard yeah everything they did was just so they could be heard maybe just maybe You have mislabeled yourself. Yeah, maybe, just maybe, maybe you have mislabeled yourself. It's possible that maybe you have mislabeled yourself all because no one really understands what fell on you. Yeah, they, they don't understand why you're trying to scream. While you're doing what you're doing, they don't understand what really fell on you. And no one really understands what you're trying to crawl from under. But they were yelling to be heard. They didn't care who heard them. Yeah, they weren't trying to find out what their other person's political standing was. All they wanted was somebody to hear them. Maybe you've mislabeled yourself. Maybe everything you've done to this point was just to be heard because no one really understood what fell on you. And so they were yelling and screaming and all this yelling going on. They didn't care who heard them when they walk past. Guys, let me, let me share something with you. I, I wanna give a quick definition and, and I'm gonna show you how it plays into the story of what we're talking about. And i want to talk about the word etiquette. Yeah, the word etiquette. All right, I'm gonna talk about the word etiquette. Now, whether, whether we believe it or not, and I know when we hear the word etiquette, we kind of get this certain perception of certain types of individuals having etiquette or certain types of individuals you know with this you know much to do uh but i want to say this whether we believe it or not we all practice some form of etiquette yeah whether we like to believe it or not we all practice some form of etiquette Et- etiquette is just the customary or usual behavior of members of a particular group. It's the usual behavior of members of a particular group. That's what etiquette is. So we all practice some form of etiquette. For example, when we go around our families, there's a usual way that we conduct ourselves. Right? That's an etiquette to it. We go around our friends, there's a usual etiquette that we all have so we can be accepted and that we are part of that group. So we all practice some form of etiquette. It's not just for certain types of people. We all practice it. So we go around our families and friends, very, there's usual ways that we conduct ourselves. So here it is, here it is. These people were screaming and yelling, right, trying to be heard, because they did not want to be trapped without a cell. And everything they did after that was just so they could be heard. It, it wasn't because they were trying to be famous. It was because they wanted to be heard it wasn't because they wanted an interview they were trying to be heard many of us are doing or in the middle of something because we just want to be heard we don't want to be trapped without a sound and so so we all practice some form of etiquette now some of these same People, some of these same individuals who were yelling, right, and crawling and screaming, whose clothes were ripped and they were looking all wild in their eyes and they were looking all shocked and surprised. Some of these same people who were yelling and crawling would have been CEOs of corporations, but here they are on their knees and in the dirt yelling and screaming and 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 pulling their hair and wiping their face clothes torn and ripped some of these same people would have been ceos of corporations and 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 there could be no way because of their etiquette yeah because of their etiquette, there could be no way you could ever get them to behave in such what would seem like an undignified manner, yeah yeah, because etiquette would allow it to do it or to violate their etiquette because etiquette would have dictated that they Keep it together, you know. Etiquette say no. You don't act that way. You don't. You don't behave in that way because etiquette would have be- would have dictated that they keep it together. Because etiquette would have dictated that they can't lose. They control like that. You can't lose your pool like that. What's wrong with you? Everybody's gonna be talking about you. Everybody's gonna remember how you acted. Everybody's gonna remember what you did when this came up. Everybody's gonna be talking about you. They're gonna post about you on social media. You gotta hold it together because etiquette told them you can't do that. But there are some things in which etiquette doesn't speak for. There are some things that you, listen, there's something that you can't use protocol on what i mean is there are some things in which you don't get any preparation time for and no event warning up it listen it just comes at you out of the blue there are no news briefings no social media posts on it no social media posts about it and before you realize you're in the middle of it and if you rely on etiquette alone you might still be under that rock yeah yeah if you choose to rely on etiquette alone you'll still be under that rock because etiquette can hold you back yeah etiquette Says, no, 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 don't don't act like that. You 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 got to behave differently. You, you can't do it that way. If it's gonna cost you to be seen by everybody, then don't do it. If it's gonna draw too much attention to you, then don't do it. If it's gonna put your name out there, then don't do it. Etiquette will hold you back. Because society will restrain us from even trying. Can you imagine? I want you to just imagine. Here it is. People are trapped. They got rocks on top of them. They have concrete on top of them. They're in holes. They're in ditches. And because etiquette, they won't even yell for help. They won't even try to crawl out. They won't even try to get out. They won't even try to dig their way out. Etiquette will hold us back. Because it says, don't even try because they're looking at you. Don't even try to do better because they're talking about you. Why would you even do it and you know they're going to say something about you? Listen. You can't let etiquette or what other people say about you stop you from even trying. Listen, I know, I know it wasn't how your parents may have taught you to do things. I get it, I get that. And I also know, uh, and I know it wasn't something we were taught by our friends. So some things don't get taught by our parents or. Some things are taught by our friends. I know it ain't something you used to see happen, but this, but this right here, when you are trapped by something that's not your fault, when you're under something that you didn't cause your own, when something has fallen on you and it's not your fault and you find yourself trapped by it, you can't let etiquette stand in the way of you coming from under this. This is the time for a breach in protocol. Yeah, this calls for a breach in protocol. You may not have been taught to respond like that to your problem. You may not have been taught to think like that. You may not have been taught to act like that. Listen, when you know you need help, you may not have been part, but this is for a breach and protocol. I can't be worried about who's thinking about me. You can't be worried about what somebody might be saying about you. This calls for a breach in protocol. It's time out for what someone is worried about, what someone's thinking about you. When you're trapped by something that's not your fault. When you're covered by something that you didn't do, we can't be concerned about what people are thinking when we are trapped without a sound. It's called for a breach and protocol. When you think about these people, some of them that were screaming and yelling before the earthquake Many of them would have never behaved this way. Before the earthquake, many of them would have never conducted themselves this way. But after the trouble came, it was time to forget about the etiquette. It was time to forget what was holding you back. It's time to forget what's restraining you. This calls for a breach in protocol. I'm not going to let what people say about me hold me back from even trying. Listen, one of the biggest things, our biggest adversary, our biggest dream killer isn't the number of likes that you get on social media. It isn't the number of followers that you get on social media. It's not how many pats you get on the back, our biggest dream killer is never trying at all. Collateral damage, we will always remain under some rock if we don't even try. We will always remain trapped by some tree or some other thing if we always stay concerned about what somebody else is thinking. When you are trapped, this is a time for a breach in protocol. Now, I know you've heard the news and reports they say about your culture and about your gender and maybe your ethnicity and how they thought you're supposed to act. Yeah, I know the news reportings that say, well, certain ethnicities are supposed to act like this. If you're from this part of the country, you're supposed to act this way. But this is the
0: time. For- Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 2.49 dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: For a breach in protocol, just because I'm usually supposed to act that way, I'm not going to let what my race says I'm supposed to act like, to hold me back. Don't let your gender hold you back from even trying to come out, from even trying to get from under it. This calls for breach and protocol. I know you thought that that's how I'm supposed to act. I know you thought that this is the way I'm supposed to be. But this is the time for a breach and protocol. I know you thought that I was supposed to act a certain way. And I know women, they say you're supposed to behave a certain way. There's no way, listen, there is no way any of us, no way any of these survivors could act usual after a building had fallen on them. There's no way you can be usual crawling from under what fell on you. There's no way you could become usual crawling out of the hole you fell in. Excuse yourself if you have to and make a break in protocol. Now, I know. I know that this world has this view that only certain individuals from certain areas of the world can only do this or that. I know they say that people from your area can only do this and people from your area, they don't really go to college. They do good if they graduate from high school. And I know they say, that. I know it's been said that people From your neck of the woods are only capable of doing this or that. Uh, My leg got hurt in the fall, but I'm breaking protocol. I lost some stuff in the earthquake, but I'm breaking protocol. Who out there is ready to cause a breach in protocol? I know they said. That nobody in your family had ever done that. But maybe, just maybe, just maybe it's time for a breach in protocol. I know they said that you were too old and you need to just sit down, but maybe it's time for your breach in protocol. I know they said that nobody like you ever did anything worthwhile. Maybe it's time for a breach in protocol and i know there are some protocol breakers listening to show. look let me put it this way guys trying to protect who you were will only keep you from recovering can you imagine someone who has these huge slab of concrete on top of them who has this tree fallen on top of them who's fallen into a pit who's fallen into a hole and instead of yelling and trying to crawl out under the hole they're too busy trying to protect who they were instead of trying to reach for who they can become can you imagine trying to protect who you were? It will only prevent you from recovering. And and so, so here it is, people trapped. I mean, didn't expect it, it's out of the blue and all of a sudden this stuff is happening. Not the life you planned, but it's happening. Not the fairytale ending that you wanted, but it's happening. Not the plan you hoped, but it's happening. Not the view that you wanted, but it's happening. Not where you wanted to stay, but it's happening. Had no idea, but it's happening. And just like the people who were buried under gravel and falling buildings and debris From the earthquake, if we ever stand a chance of making it through the damage, we will listen, we will have to dig our way out. Yeah, yeah. If we ever stand a chance of making it through the damage that's been inflicted on us, if we ever stand a chance of coming out of this from under this collateral. Damage. If we ever spend a chance, we will have to dig our way out. I-, I know that's not something that's pretty. I know that's not something you expected. I know you weren't looking to do that. I know you just got a manicure. But if you want to come out from under this, you've got to dig your way out. You can't remain Under what fell on top of you, you've got to dig your way out. You've got to get your own fingernails dirty. You've got to get your own hands dirty. Listen, we can't always depend on somebody else. If we want to come from under this damage, you've got to dig your way out. We can't solely depend on someone else to dig for us. We can't solely count on the dirt under somebody else's fingernails. What I mean is this. We can't count on anyone to take our place in the dirt because they might become tired before we get out. We've got to dig for ourselves. It's nice to have people in our corner, but we can't solely count on the goodwill of others. Yeah, yeah, I know we thought somebody said, well, I'll be there for you anytime you need. We can't always count on someone solely being there for us. We can't always count on the goodwill of others. So, the solution is we've got to dig our own way out. We've got to get a dirt on our own hands and our own face under our own nails. We can't count on the dirt in somebody else. They may get tired before we come out. And listen, and so while I was watching While I was watching the news clippings, I kind of saw people rallying together to come to the aid of the victim. And did you know that many of the people that came, many of the people that came to help didn't even know the survivors? Yeah, many of the people that came to help, they didn't even know the survivors. They didn't know them personally. That's right. They didn't know anything about them, they didn't know their background, they didn't know their families, they didn't know their political standing, they didn't know their religious beliefs. All they knew they came to help dig. And many of them didn't know the people personally or anything about their backgrounds. Listen, if we want to make it out, we have to begin to establish some new Alliances. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. we have to establish some new alliances. Some of the people that came to help them didn't know anything about them, but they were willing to receive the help. If we want to come out, we may have to need to establish some new alliances. We might have to adopt some friendships with people that otherwise would have been strangers to us. Yeah, the way they dress will look differently. And whether or not their hair is long or short can't matter. You can't be concerned about how they look when they came to help. We can't be concerned about their political standing or how they identify themselves in their gender when they came to help. We may have to establish some new alliances if we're going to survive collateral damage. We may have to get somebody and some folks that don't look like us, that don't sound like us, that don't talk like us, that don't dress like us. Listen, the only way to get from under what has trapped us all this time is to reach. They came to help. All we have to do is reach. They came to support. All we got to do is reach. They came to encourage us. All we got to do is reach, reach past our own prejudices reach past social views reach past religious differences listen your legs might not work but can you reach so in order to go further we may have to reach for some alliances that are different than us we may have to reach from some alliances That don't look like us. That when you look in the mirror, they don't look anything like you. If we want to make it through this, if we want to make it through the night, we have to reach for something that doesn't look like us. So, I mean, I was watching this news, right? I'm watching the news about this earthquake, and I'm watching. The reporters, I'm watching them interview different people, different ones, different individuals, and everybody's story is kind of the same. It was traumatic. It was trauma. I didn't expect it. it came out of nowhere. I didn't know this was going to happen for me today, and they weren't looking for this. And I was uh, one story kind of stuck out with me. One of the stories kind of stuck out, and. In one of the interviews, a father, uh, one of the interviews, uh, a father, after he and his family were rescued. So his entire family was trapped. I I want you to understand, get this part. His entire family was trapped with him under concrete, under a collapsed building. His entire family, right? So a father after he and his family were rescued, told the reporters that he and his children and his wife were trapped under some rubble and he reached around and grabbed the biggest stone he could put his hands on and he used it to begin hitting and tapping at the rocks that covered them with all his might. He, he he began to reach around and he began tapping and hitting rocks as hard as he could. And he kept hitting, he kept tapping. He reached around and grabbed a rock, the biggest rock that he could, and he began hitting the rocks the hardest he could with all his might until finally somebody heard them. Now, he couldn't see very much because they were covered by this rock and this concrete, but he couldn't feel. He couldn't see, but he could he could feel. He, he, he didn't know quite where he was, but he could feel. He was a little disoriented, but he, was, he could feel. He was shook up, but he could feel. He didn't know whether he would laugh the next minute or two or not, but he could feel. He didn't know if he was still in his hometown or not, but he could feel. Listen, we may not have what we think we should, but reach around. And grab what you got left, even if you can't see much of anything, reach around you and grab what you have left. The only thing you might have left is your car. Baby, if that's all you got left, then start picking people up and start your own taxi service. Listen. Don't you understand, or didn't you know that the company Uber got its start because somebody couldn't catch a cab when they needed to? Yeah, yeah. If all you got left is your car after the collateral damage, if all they left you with was the car, use your car and begin picking people up set up your own taxi service if that is all you got left reach around and use what you got left guys i want to show you a very quick video and it illustrates this point of grabbing what you've got left I was uh, managing a savings and loan back when they had savings and loan. And the person who cleaned the windows at the savings and loan had his business up for sale. Raise time was coming at the savings and loan and I said, well, Lord, if I get a good raise, I'll stay at the savings and loan. If I don't, I'll know I should buy the window cleaning business. Main boss of the savings and loan came in and he said, we're cutting back on payroll. We're starting with you, you're fired. When you pray about something, uh, you have to be open for any answer that the Lord would give you. And I can tell you that was not the answer that I was expecting. <laughs> uh, but what it did is it closed the doors behind me. And uh, so I purchased the uh, Fellows' window cleaning business. There you go, God. Listen, you might not have anything left but your two hands. All that guy had left was his two hands. Listen. You might not have anything left, but your two hands, then reach around for a rag and begin your own window washing service. Listen, this window washing company, the fish window cleaning service, said, it said it said to be one of the world's largest window cleaning companies. It has, listen, it has more than 270 franchise territories in 45 states, right here in the U.S. And it started with him losing his job. It started with him losing what he had. And all he had left was his two hands. Listen, true story, guys, true story. I remember uh, I lost my job when I got married. That's the worst time to lose your job. <laughs> I remember when I got married, I lost my job. And I remember asking someone for assistance. I remember going to church that night. I remember going to church and I told my pastor, I said, uh, uh, I, I, I lost my job today, pastor. And uh, I need some assistance. I need some help. I need some help. I lost my job. I got this wife. I got kids here. We just got married, hadn't been married too long, and uh, I lost my job, and and I I need some help. I remember remember telling my pastor that. I did. I told my pastor that. Now, I remember asking for for some assistance. Now, I've got to be honest with you, transparency, transparent, guys. Now, initially, honestly, I was hoping they would give me some money to help pay my bill. Now, that's what I wanted. I thought I was going to get some money to pay bills. That's what I thought. That's why I went not do them. And that's not what I got. That's not what I got. Uh, but what they gave me was a phone number. Yeah, what they gave me was a phone number to someone who had a business and a cleaning service. That's right, Nicole. That was 10 years ago, baby. 10 years ago. And I wanted some money, but I didn't get money. What he gave me was a phone number to someone who had a cleaning business. So I lost my job and instead of getting money, I get a phone number. Go figure, that was not what I wanted, right? So what he gave me was a phone number to someone who had a cleaning service. So instead of me getting a one time a one time help they provided me with an opportunity to take care of my family. Yeah, they gave me an opportunity. I wanted money and they gave me an opportunity. The opportunity was bigger than the money. The opportunity spoke more than the money would have spoken. Had I gotten the money, I would have needed something else next time bills came due. So I lost my job. All I had left was my feet and my hands. All I had left was my feet and my hands. I lost my job, but I reached around and I grabbed a mop. I grabbed a broom. I grabbed some glass cleaner and I went. For work, we can either spend all day rehearsing everything we had or reach around and find what we got left and use it. Listen, the survivors will get out of themselves and act uncharacteristically of how they usually would behave and conducted themselves before the calamity. What I'm trying to say is this, everything doesn't survive collateral damage, but you did, yeah, yeah, everything doesn't survive, but you did, yeah, you survived what came at you, you survived what life threw your way there, yeah, yeah, you stood there, shaking and afraid, but you survived it, you stood there not knowing which way was up and down, but you survived it. So survivors would stand there and they would begin to scream because, oh my God, they survived it. They would stand there and begin to yell because they survived it, pulling their hair, wiping the dirt off their face. They would stand there and begin to scream in order to get the attention of those looking around and offering to help. They didn't care who was watching, They didn't care who was around, but they stood there screaming. And prior to this calamity, chances are that some of the same people screaming, you would never see them behaving this way. You would never see them yelling like this, but they wanted to get the attention of those who are around and trying to help them. They wanted to get their attention. So the survivors would be the screaming and yelling in order to get the attention of those looking around and offering help. Sometimes, listen, we can become so convinced that no one wants to offer us any help that we have to do everything alone When in fact, this is not the same, and this is not always true. Sometimes we can become so convinced that no one wants to offer us any help. We feel like we have to do everything all alone, when in fact, this is not always true. Some of the survivors would have never made it through this ordeal if they had remained quiet or if they had been. Hushed mouth and said nothing. Listen, if you want some help, you're going to have to make a sound. We have to become so convinced that just because a small few doesn't offer to help, then that must mean everyone else won't offer to help us. And that's just not the case. We become so convinced that just because a small few won't help us just because a small few don't like us, it must mean that everyone else won't like us also. It must mean that everyone else won't help us also. And that's just not the case. What I'm saying, guys, is this. Some things can hit us so hard that in order to make it out, we're going to need to go beyond ourselves. Yeah, we got to do something different. We got to do something that we would have never done before. We got to do something that we would never do before, and do something that we usually wouldn't do. We're going to have to go beyond our usual way of responding because if we want to survive this, like those people, you have got to scream. Yes, yeah, you. Have got to scream. We can't be concerned about what someone else is thinking about us. We can't be concerned about how we might look to everyone else. We can't be concerned about whether or not they approve or what they're doing. We can't always wait for someone's approval. Listen, do you think somebody was waiting for their approval? They had to scream. Why would you wait to ask somebody? Is it okay that you change things in your life for the better? While, listen, while you are waiting on the same reply, your answer is already in your mouth. You've got to scream. And it is, and listen, in just this year, there was a terrible earthquake in the nation's circle. Terrible earthquake. And some of the people that were trying to rescue them They were trying to rescue them, and some of the people that were rescuing them, they had to quiet the crowd around them just so they could hear the survivors and find them. This tells me sometimes you will have to drown out the distractions and the chatter around you, even if it's coming from somebody who might be trapped with you, even if it's coming from someone who might be dealing with the same things you are. Even if it's coming from someone, even if it's coming from our own thoughts, we've got to drown it out. And no one that was hoping, and listen, and no one that was hoping to be rescued, and no one that was looking for a first responder was ever quiet about it. Because when they really wanted to get help, they didn't just lie there on the ground. They screamed. They did something unusual, they did something different, they did something new. They behaved in a manner that's unlike them, that if people who knew them before the disaster ever saw them acting like this, they would have thought something was wrong with them. Listen, we have made it normal to allow people to smile and suffer. We have made it normal for people to be polite and feel that your whole world is falling apart. As long as it remains predictable, they will always think it's fine. But your scream, and just like those people, when they began to scream, it began to turn people's heads. Your scream is turning some heads that is getting the attention of others. Some people would have walked right past you but you started screaming. They would have never known you were there, but you started screaming. The moment you said enough is enough, the moment you said you won't be the victim all your life, the moment you took a stand for your life, is that when people took notice. And I'm not sure what your scream may look like i'm not sure but do it maybe your scream is finally writing a book maybe your scream is starting your own clothing line maybe your scream is having a better attitude but do something new do something different or maybe your scream is controlling your temper but after all of this You can't go back to what it was. If you want to survive this, you're going to have to scream because something different is going to have to be done. If after this episode, both part one and part two, uh, this part here, and the second part, and you believe this episode uh, was all about life humbling you through trouble or life putting somebody in their place by bringing them trouble. If you think that this episode was all about life humbling you through trouble or you thought this episode was all about life humbling somebody else by bringing trouble, then you've missed it. Uh, If we believe that everything that happens to us Is a result of some act that we've done or didn't do. We're kind of placing ourselves at the center of everything. And that's simply not true. Everything that happens in your life, in my life, everything that happens in our lives does not revolve around what we do or did not do. Everything is not your fault. I I know people teach you and tell you. Everything's your fault. And trouble came in your life, and you begin to think everything is your fault. I remember doing this. I know a lot. No lie. I remember hitting my foot on the edge of the bed, getting up in the middle of the night, and I thought it was my fault. I must have done some sin somewhere. God must be upset with me. My life is terrible. I mean, you ever had an accident happen or something go bad, and you thought, oh my God, I did something wrong. Oh my goodness, this happened. Listen. Everything that has happened to you in your life is not your fault. I'm here to tell you that right now. Everything that has happened to you in your life is not your fault. You are not at fault because the tornado came. You're not at fault because the rain came. You're not at fault because you wanted to go on a picnic and it started raining. Stop carrying around the weight of something and carrying around the responsibility of something that has never been your fault to begin with. Stop blaming yourself for every negative thing that occurs with you. Stop taking on the responsibility of every negative action that occurs with you. Some things that happen with you are not your fault. It is not your fault. It is not your fault. fault. Whenever, uh, very good, Johnny. Uh, he said, whenever you go through something, people's first response is, what did I do? Just because a problem arose doesn't mean you did something. I remember I remember because I always felt that I was, I was an unloved person. I was never going to be loved right. I always felt that nobody would love me, nobody would appreciate me. And because I did that, I always felt that whenever something happened, I always felt immediately it was my fault. I must be at fault. I must be the reason. And when children are abused, when children are abused, they carry around that responsibility and they feel they... It's my fault my parents didn't love me. It's it's, it's my fault that they didn't love me. It's it's my fault he hit me across the head. It's my fault I'm in this abusive relationship. And we walk around and we stop blaming yourself for every negative thing that occurs with you. Stop taking on the responsibility of somebody else's efficiency. Stop taking on the responsibility of every negative action that occurs with you. Some things that happen with you are just not your fault. It does not mean we will not have to deal with the consequences of our individual decisions. It simply means we don't get to bear every responsibility for starting everything that happens with us. Remember when I began this episode tonight, guys? I'm getting ready to close. Remember when I began this episode tonight, guys? And I started off with a short story and I started off with a story about somebody who uh, was going on a trip and they were taking the airplane and they, and they landed in the airport and they got their, they pick up luggage. They pick up their luggage, right? When they pick up their luggage, they were so busy doing what they had to do when they got to their destination. They were ripping and running around this hat, this lugging, this huge luggage with them. They, drug it all the way out of the airport. They crammed it into the back of a cab or an Uber or a Lyft. And they, they, they in a hurry, got to the hotel, drug it up, up to the top to their floor, opened it in the room, and they ran out the room because they got so busy. And they came back. Hours later, hours later, they come back. They picked this heavy luggage up, and they throw it on the bed. And they unzipped the luggage and they did not recognize the contents in the luggage. All day long, they have been carrying around and caring for the wrong luggage. How many of us have been all our lives in carrying around something that belonged to somebody else? How many of us have been carrying luggage that didn't belong to us? How many of us have been carrying depression, low self-esteem, low self-worth, low self-pity, all low self-value, and that luggage didn't belong to you in the first place. When you wonder why it was so heavy, you wonder why you always felt burdened, you wonder why you felt like you had problems, you wonder why it felt like the the weight of the world was on you, you wonder why you had so much, you wonder why you could never see yourself better, you wonder why you can never see yourself coming out from under this, because you are carrying somebody else's luggage. Drop it off and leave it there. Now, guys, it's about that time. And as always, it's been a real blast. Let's up to the fifth hour YouTube page that's coming to something good with the capital T with the tune in right here each week, guys, to catch the show. You don't want to miss it, guys. Listen, also as well, you can catch your favorite episode on your favorite streaming platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, and so many more. As we get ready to get out of here, guys, as always, and am partying. If you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. I'm out of here. I got to go. Peace.